0: So this morning, I really come to you with one question. And that question is, is, who is your family serving? As a family, who is it that you are serving? And as we think about that question, I think the first thing we need to do is make sure that we correctly have defined family. And so what is family? And I think the church has always had a good understanding of the family. I think if you think about the very first time we see the family is at the very beginning with Adam and Eve. And so before the church is instituted, we see that the very first institution that God gives us is the family. And we see God's heart for the family throughout the scriptures. And so we see, yes, family has been the first thing, the first institution God has given us. And then we look at family as those that are in our household. And you look at Paul's letters, and as Paul writes his letters, you see where he even addresses specifically the children or the parents or the husband or the wife. And so each one of them is, is considered part of a family, and even the servants at times. Another way uh, to understand the family is to, to recognize that it branches and it grows, the idea of generations. And so if you look at the scriptures, it says oftentimes your children and your children's children, this idea of generations to come. And so that's part of our family as well. But family goes more than just the idea of, of this blood idea, of, of relational idea, of, of just born into the same family. I think we also see family in the scriptures all over the place with the the church, the bride of Christ. It uses very familial languages, this idea of a family. We even call each other's brothers and sisters in Christ because we are a family. And so when we recognize that that we are a family, I say that to say when I'm referring to the family this morning, and even as we get into the family ministry launch here a little bit later, as um, I asked Jacqueline to come join me, then I want you to recognize that I'm talking to you and, and with you, because this involves you. You are part of a family, a part of the family of God, and even if you live in the house by yourself, that is your family. You are a family. And so as we look at this uh, ministry that we're, we're launching today, it's really important that we understand that this applies to all of us. So please don't write off um, what we're talking about today as if we're just addressing families with children or, or young people. No, this is for absolutely every one of us at every season of every age. And so as we think about that, um, I came to Joshua. And I, I came to the book of Joshua because Joshua really had an understanding of the influence of family, I believe, and, and there's a particular passage, and it probably doesn't shock you when I, after I've told you I'm going to Joshua, that I'm, I'm looking at, and that's Joshua chapter 24. And when you look at Joshua 24, right before he, he, uh, he, he's actually like an old man, so he's like 110 years old, so right before he dies, he's actually going to address the whole people of Israel, and he's going to give this kind of huge speech to them, and this, this, um, huge time of just addressing them. We're going to see another covenant made, and what happens is that in those first 13 verses of chapter 24, so you go ahead and turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24 with me, and those first 13 verses, what Joshua's doing is, is simply, um, he's actually quoting God, and he's saying, this is what God has done. This is what he's done. Look at what he's done, and then we're going to see the latter part of that, so verses 14 to 27 is, is then we see the how he challenges the people to then respond to that, and that's where, in the middle of that, right in the middle between these two sections, that we get those verses that's been quoted for three thousand years or longer. This idea of of Joshua looking out and saying, um, "You choose today whom you will serve, but for me and my household, we will serve the Lord." And so that's what he says there, and and, and that's really um as I, I look into this passage, this this whole chapter, well, the first um. Big portion of the chapter, verses 1 to 28, I really see uh, what a biblical home should look like. And that's what I want to portray and communicate this morning to us is, is what does a biblical home look like? And when I look at these passages, I see four foundations that a biblical home must be built upon. And looking at this passage, four foundations that a biblical home must be built upon. And that first foundation is simply to know that God has been, that He is. And that he will be actively and graciously at work in our lives and in the life of our family. That God is actively and graciously. At work, and so as Joshua recounts the story of God bringing him to the Promised Land, and as he's recounting this and telling the story, he reminds him of what the Lord has done. And so, as I read this passage to you in chapter 24, I want you to to catch and grasp what it is that God has done, and what it clearly states that God has done. And so, look at verse 20 or chapter 24 of Joshua, verse one. If you're there. Say Amen. All right. Here we are, verse one. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of the Israel, for the heads, for their judges, and for their offices, and the, presented themselves before the before God. And Joshua said to the people, Thus says the Lord of God. And so thus says the Lord God of Israel is what it says. And so here's what God says. He says, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. But then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, and I led him throughout the land of Canaan. And I multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. And to Esau I gave the mountains of Sarah to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt, and I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt. According to what I did among them, And afterward, I brought you out. Very clear what God has done here. Making it very explicitly clear. Verse six, then I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you came to the sea and the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. And so they cried out to the Lord and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them and and covered them. And your eye saw what I did in Egypt. And then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time and I brought you into the land of the Amorites and dwelt. Uh, on the other side of the Jordan, and they fought with you. But I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them before you. And then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Behor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore, he continued to bless you, and so I delivered you out of his hand. And then you went over to the Jordan and came to Jericho and to the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gerizzites the Hivites and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you. Also the two kings of the Amorites, but with not your sword or your bow. I had given you a land which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you dwell in them, you eat of the vineyards and olive groves, which you did not plant. So Joshua is simply saying, look at what God has done. Over and over again, from the very beginning, from calling out Abraham, he says, look at what God has done. You know, at this time, it would probably be pretty easy for Israel to kind of get in their head a little bit in the sense of, of they've won battle after battle after battle and things are turning good. They're enjoying this, this land that they're at. And so it'd be easy for them to probably think, wow, we're something special, aren't we? Look at what we've done. And to kind of get prideful in a sense. And that's always a dangerous thing. And so I, I think Joshua here is saying, knowing that as soon as, you take credit for what the Lord has done and you quickly you start to turn away from the Lord. And so he reminds them, he says, look at what the Lord has done. This has always been something that's been so influential in my family as I've, been, as I've grown up. This is something we've always come back to. For the simplest things, anytime we were experiencing God's blessings, we would slow down, we would stop and we'd say, look at what the Lord's done. Look at what he's done. From the time I got my first job there at Subway, it was amazing. I, I started working and making a paycheck and we would say, look at what God's done. To the time of when I bought my first truck, I was able to save up money from working at Subway and I I paid cash for my very first truck. And I remember purchasing it and bringing it home. And what did we say? Not look at what I was able to do. It was look at what God has done. He's given me a truck. And then to the point of going to college and finding myself at college in a place I really didn't know I'd ever get to and And I was able to stop and say, look at what God has done. To the point of my wedding, when I looked at Jacqueline, I looked at my... My spouse and, and the love of my life and and I, I remember thinking that day look at what the Lord's done and even to the point where her shoe that she was wearing she sent me her shoe and I don't know exactly if that's normal or not for weddings but she sent me her shoe sometime during the day and I had to write something on her shoe like write her a note to to her on her shoe and so we kept that shoe in a, a memory box and the very words that I wrote on that shoe was look at what the Lord has done and so what an exciting thing is it? I think about his words here and, and what he's sharing, that's essentially, that's the principle of what Joshua's doing here. He's like, look at what God's done. So I ask you today, like, has God blessed you? Has he blessed you? Can you look around in your life and, and s- just stop and think, look at what he's done? And Because and, that's something we should be doing often. We should be talking about that often. I, I think we should be able to look at our children and say, sweetheart, do you you remember that time you were scared and we prayed and God brought you through that? Or... Or, or, hey, buddy, do you remember that time dad lost his job and we were all a little fearful and we prayed and God provided him a job? Or, or, or hey, hey, buddy, you remember when we prayed for your aunt and uncle to know Jesus? And look at how God's drawing them. Look at what God has done. I think that should be... Um, normal language in our families. Look at what God has done. Not only do I think that, but scriptures are really um, commanded of us. Deuteronomy 6, 4, where it says, Hear, O Israel. And it tells us that the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then it says after that, it says in these words, which I command, you shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. It says as you walk, as you talk, uh, it says as you talk to them and you sit at the house or when you walk by the way or when you lie down or when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. frontlets between your eyes on your forehead to the point of putting them on doorposts and gates in your house. It says take these words and remember them. Look at what the Lord has done. And so we're going to build a house that worships the Lord and fears the Lord and serves the Lord, then we must recognize that his hand has been actively and graciously at work in our lives. It's the first foundation. The second foundation is to know that God is worthy and should be worshipped in our family. To know that he is worthy and should be worshipped. You see, as Joshua records all that God has done and he he shares and quotes really God saying all that he has done then he comes into this transitional period in verse 14 so 24 verse 14 it says this now therefore fear the Lord serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods of your fathers um it says that that serve on the other side of the river in Egypt serve the Lord And and if it seems evil to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you shall serve, whether the gods of your fathers that served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He says, now therefore, we fear the Lord. Now therefore, because of what God has done, because of who he is, let us fear the Lord. And not the sense of terror, but the sense of reverence and worship, this, this idea of, of knowing who he is. And it says, let us have this inner devotion of, of who God is and toward God. Let us worship God. And this is more than just an atmosphere. It's, it's more of an atmosphere than just like a program or, or it's really um, more than a, like a relationship than it is an event that you participate in. This is who we are. It's an inner devotion. It's the very essence of who we are once we recognize who God is, this fact of just worshiping him. So we see that uh, what we're called to do to worship Him. And that's not something we do just on Sunday morning. We don't just come and sit and listen to music and, and hear preaching and, and call that worship. In fact, that's probably more tradition if that's all we're doing. The truth is, is that we should be drawn in such a, a, a relationship of God to know that he is so real and personal in our life that we are brought into this communion with him in which we have come to know him and love him and that brings us to a place of wanting to praise him in music and it brings us to a place of wanting to dig deep into his word and it brings us to a place of gathering together but that's not just a Sunday morning thing that's an everyday thing in which we're called to worship the Lord and men specifically have a huge responsibility that God has given us in this and so men I'm talking to you To the dads and the grandfathers and great-grandfathers, the uncles, the friends, the brothers, whoever it is that you are. I'm talking to you, men, because I believe for too long we have let women carry the responsibility of spiritual leadership in our homes. For some reason, we've just said, um, women, you take the kids to church and men can rest up or finish the projects that need to be finished while while y'all go and worship. Make sure they stay in church, but that's something y'all do. Or for too long, we've seen just women really um, um, in the back with the kids doing the Sunday school lessons in the children's church. We see that uh, the events that we do and and, and participate as a church, oftentimes it's the women serving and it takes all that we have to get the men there. and, And for too long, this has been the case. Men, we've got to step up and start being the spiritual leaders that God has called us to be. To be here present, worshiping together. To be in the back even with the kids, teaching them. What a blessing it is when you have a a male Sunday school teacher. It's a blessing. And so I I believe God has called us to this responsibility. And and really, I think God has given women this this awesome natural uh, physical influence to a child of nurturing their child. There's this this physical side of that. But I believe God has also given a, a man this, this natural spiritual um, blessing and, and influence to a child as well. In fact, I don't think it's just something I'm making up. It's, it's, we see it. It's proven over and over again. I was reading some statistics and it says that if a child is the first person in a household to become a Christian, only 3.5% probability will the rest of the household become Christians and follow Christ said in another one, if if the mother is the first to become a Christian, then only 17% possibility that everyone else in the household will follow Christ. However, when the father is the first to become a Christian, there is a 93% possibility that everyone else in the house will become followers of Christ. It's amazing the influence that the man has on a family. And so men recognize that. but And I say this not just to beat anyone up. I say this to recognize the call, the responsibility, to call out like Joshua did and say, "Whom will you serve today? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Will you serve the Lord too? And that's not just for the men. That's for every one of us. We're all called to serve the Lord. And so who will you serve? And so there's the second foundation. The third foundation is to recognize that our home life must be lived in service to the Lord as well. Not just our church life, but our home life should be lived in service to the Lord. Joshua 24, 14, again, says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and truth. Serve Him. It says, serve the Lord. And, and it says to do it, like I said, in sincerity and in truth. It's like Joshua is telling him, look, quit just claiming the, the blessing and the status of being a servants of, of the Lord and really serve Him. Stop claiming that you're serving the Lord and serve Him. Let's serve the Lord. Let's surrender to His Lordship. Let's get rid of these false gods. Let's serve Him. And so that is, again, something that has to be done in the home, not just at church. How do your friends, your your family, and your neighbors, and all those around you see you the rest of the time? Not just when you leave your house to come to church, but how do they see you during the week? Are you serving the Lord then? And lastly, This is extremely important. The last foundation here is to recognize that we each respond to the Lord. That we each personally respond to the Lord. When Joshua was the Israeli leader, he still realized it was each of them that had to respond to the Lord. And so he goes into all this other passage. I was going to read it, but I don't have enough time. The verse 16 through 28, you go ahead and read that. And it's really exciting. What happens here is the people are crying out saying, yes, how could we forsake this Lord of ours? And he's our God and he's done this for us. And so we will serve the Lord. And then Joshua comes back and he says, no, you won't serve the Lord. He says, in fact, the Lord's a jealous God. You can't serve the Lord. And what he's basically getting at here is is you can't have two masters, just like Jesus said. You can't serve uh, uh, God and mammon. You can't. You have to serve the Lord alone. The Lord is one. Back to Deuteronomy 6, what it said. So this idea of him saying, you you say you'll serve the Lord, but you're not. We need to serve him and him alone. And to that point, Joshua actually makes a covenant with them. I want to read that last part to you. It says, That he makes this covenant with them, he says in verse uh, 24, he says, And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God, we will serve and his voice will obey. And 25 says, So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statute and ordinance and shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and set it there up under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, each to his own inheritance. So again, he's pretty much calling them out and saying, Let's serve the Lord and I think it's so important again to recognize that while he's calling them out, he's recognizing that they have to decide and and respond to to this. He says, Y'all choose whom you'll serve, but I'm going to serve the Lord. And he's begging of a response from them. And so each of us have our own response, whether that response is is a response of, of surrender and obedience that brings us into this communion with God, that brings us into this place of sharing in his glory, or if That is a response of rejection, and rebellion, and disobedience that, that takes us away from God and leaves us really isolated in a place of false gods. It's your response. How will you respond? So what is your response this morning? That's the question I'm asking. How will you serve the Lord? How will your family serve the Lord? This is a public statement. He says, but, as for me, but. He says, while y'all do what you want, I'm serving the Lord. It's a personal statement response he says for me as it comes down to me I'm going to serve the Lord but it's also a family response he says for me and my house really speaks volumes here he's saying I strive that my wife and my children and their children and and all those that I'm in contact with will serve the Lord too you know when I think about that of course I think well we can't make a a child follow Christ you're absolutely right we can't it's their response each one of us have their own response. However, I was thinking about some scripture and and it's what we're going to go into a little bit more here in a minute, but it's Psalms 127, 4 and 5. And it's in that place where it says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord or a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. It says they're a gift from the Lord, a heritage from the Lord, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, it says. So are the children of one's youth. So I got to thinking, you know, it calls children like errors, And so while I cannot, while I cannot um, make a child decide to follow Christ, of course that that's their response. But what I can do is I can take and I can shoot them in the direction of the cross. And I can take and I can shoot them right there in the direction of the cross. And while they might not choose to respond to the message of Christ, they will certainly be shot running full-fledged in the direction of Christ. And that is much greater than the opportunity if, if I was to shoot them away from the cross and somehow the arrow had to turn and, and, and be directed back toward the cross, much harder in that situation. And so think of your children as an arrow, just as the Bible says, like a, in a warrior's hand, and shoot them in the direction of the cross. So I'm asking you again, what is your response today? What is your response? Has God given you clarity this morning on on what it is in the way you're supposed to respond? Is your mind made up? Are you ready to commit and say, I'm going to serve the Lord? The application could not be clearer this morning. Choose for yourselves whom you will serve this day whether you're choosing for the first time to follow God or whether you're recommitting for however many times it's been, that you just simply say, today's the day I need to serve the Lord. I need to follow Christ. And so if that is your response today, I want to encourage you to pray together with me today, To, to literally come to the altar and pray with your family. Maybe, Dad, you say, hey, as a family, let's go to the altar and let's pray. Let me pray over you as a family. Dads, why don't you do that today? If you're watching online, dads, why don't you you come in and take and, and tell your family, hey, let's let's take some time and pray right now. Let's pause this 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 message and let's pray. Let's pray together. Let's pray as a family, let's run to the cross together as a family. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. As for me in my house, We will serve the Lord. Father God, Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord, and ask for your grace, Lord, to be made so known. God, as I know many of us are coming to this place today knowing that um, our families are not perfect. God, we've struggled in the past. Sometimes we look and we look and see our children are already grown up and we see our failures and we wonder what we can do about it now. But God, let us know that you are God of restoration redeemer, and I know that you have the power within you and the message of the gospel, Lord, to redeem children that have went wayward, to restore children that are not following you, Lord, to bring them into a relationship with you, Christ. I pray for that, Lord. Lord, for those that still have children in their homes, God, may we recognize the responsibility you've given us to to lead them up into the admonition of the Lord and and to lead them toward the cross, God. Lord, help us. Lord, as a church, whatever stage of life we're in, let us come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and be the family of God that serves you, that encourages one another, and that wants to see your name glorified. Ultimately, at the end of the day, this wasn't about Joshua or the people of Israel, Lord. It was about you and your glory. Lord, may that be the case this morning. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.
1: Silence, broken pieces Lying around where it went down Water rising back to silence Quietly crying, wondering how And look at us now We thought our love would take the world by storm Are we too far apart? Two worlds among the stars You're gonna take a piece of my heart If you leave So it's two separate ways Or am I too late to say I wanna fight for what we got Cause I believe in family. trying, or simply surviving, facing these giants, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, but I still believe in the dreams we've been dreaming, the hope that we built on, is never too far, it's never too far, if we choose to turn and let these walls fall down. Are we too far apart, two worlds among the stars? You're gonna take a piece of my heart if you leave. So it's two separate ways, or am I too late to say I want to fight for what we got, cause I believe in
2: family. Family. Family, Family. Family. Family.
1: too late to say Father show us the way to fight for what we got cause
2: you
0: a significant moment in the history of the church. The local church has never been more innovative in what we do during the one to two hours we have them on the campus. But our problem is what's not happening during the rest of the week. One of the reasons why we in the church don't talk about family and marriage is because we haven't done a good job with our own families Sometimes,
1: Let's be honest, a lot of us struggle with this idea of family ministry because we're not living it out ourselves.
0: We've got to start in our own homes, because friends, if not, it's theory. And theory doesn't change people. One of the greatest existing challenges for the church today is to determine how can we once again equip the home to be the primary place where faith is lived, where faith is expressed, and where faith is nurtured.
1: One of these young people was sitting in my office, and this young man shared with me, he said, Jay, man, my parents, we have a huge house. We have two really nice automobiles. My parents are both at the top of their field. They're successful people,
0: and we go to church and we go through the motions, but we're miserable as a family. Everything just seems to be all right.
2: Parents, Need to own that they are the primary disciples of their child. It is not the church's
0: responsibility. It is not the youth group's responsibility. If I'm living life in
1: Christ, it's my job to make disciples. And if I have kids, it's my primary role in life to make disciples of them. To make disciples. We have a crisis on our hands. We're losing the majority of the children growing up in our Christian churches. Don't you know you? Here's the encouragement I give you. The shortest distance between your child's heart, your grown child's heart, and Christ is you,
0: is you. It was a wake up call for us for us to consider that we had been putting all our creativity, all of our efforts, all of our time and resources into 1% of their time. Some of us, even in this room have been trying to wake up the American church to the home for about 30 years and the American church has always rolled over and said, don't bother me. I wanna say to those guys and to everyone else that cares about this issue, you being in this room these days is the church waking up. It has finally happened by God's grace and we are about to take off on the journey of our lives.
2: I'm telling you we are.
0: about this part of today's message Um, we actually uh, are are getting to share it together and there's a reason for that you know um, I just talked and preached and we've heard a a word from the Lord, a a call back to worship and to serve the Lord as a family. Let us serve the Lord. You've even committed today with me in that. We've prayed together today that we would do that very thing. As families, we would serve the Lord. However, we didn't want it, just like this video said, to be theory only. We didn't want it just to be a theory. We want this to be a reality for us. And so with that said, we didn't want to just do a normal um, service in which we we just do a message and a call and a response and then just kind of say see you later and, and have a good day. We really wanted to be intentional with with it this morning, and, and because we feel like God has really been pouring this message of of um, family ministry onto our hearts for for a long time now. For, for over the last couple of years, we've been seeing it, and of course, in hindsight, you can even see even more how God has been leading us into this place. But um, there's such a joy and excitement that comes when we really think about what is family ministry and what is that gonna look like at our church here at Friendship Baptist Church. And so that's what we're wanting to do. That's really all we're doing is just sharing with you what we feel like God's vision is for this, for our church. And as you heard the last part of that video there, um, finally we have uh, we woke up, we, we have come to our senses to realize that, that it's not just a one hour thing here that's going to work, that's going to make disciples. The call to make disciples of all nations is not gonna happen just Sunday morning from nine to 12. It's gotta be more than that. God is working more than that. He is a bigger God than that. And so we are um, trying to work with uh, what that looks like though. How do we do that together? Um, because somewhere in the American church that has dropped and, and we've seen this this the contrast of where it's just a Sunday morning thing a lot of times. And so I hope that even as we're talking, you would be praying and and asking the Lord to to communicate through the Holy Spirit exactly what this mission and vision is because we believe it's from him first off. So let the Holy Spirit be the one that's communicating this today to you all, um, whether you're here in person or or online because uh, we feel like this is such an important message to get to you today. And so with that said, I'm not here alone. I got my wife here, Jacqueline, and she is our family ministry coordinator here at our church. And I... I, uh, that um is a role that you have uh, that God has called her into, we believe, and that you as a church has affirmed that and and called her as well as as your family ministry coordinator. And so as you think about that, I want to just kind of introduce you that way as the family ministry coordinator. What is that? What does it look like? And and who are
2: you? Well, I'm Jacqueline, I'm the family ministry coordinator. Um, and honestly.
3: What is it? We are still figuring that out ourselves honestly but I will I'll give you a little insight of where we've um, came from and where we are right now in family Ministry. So most of you guys know that I've been the kid ministry director here for like the last two years and what I noticed about about myself is I, I love kids. I love kids. But I really enjoyed talking to the parents too when they would come pick them up. And I also really enjoyed getting to know the women in our church and the men in our church and even the youth in our church. I enjoy talking to all of them. But then I just realized, I realized, not really, I realized that there just seemed to be some kind of disconnect. That with kid ministry, we were just reaching out to the kids and youth were just reaching out to youth. And I felt like we needed that connecting factor that connected the entire family unit to the church. You know what I mean? And so this may look as if we are dealing with families with young kids, but truthfully, as your family ministry coordinator, I want to come alongside every woman in this church. Every I want to work with our men's director to come alongside every man in this church I want to make sure that whatever you are struggling with whatever you are broken about whatever the Lord is dealing with your heart on I want to make sure you get connected however you need to to continue to be able to move forward um, in seeking the Lord and With young families, they just have a a unique opportunity to disciple their own kids. And so there will be some tools that we talk about today for young kids. But know that this is really for all walks of life because we all, we all learn, can learn more and more every day how to seek the Lord.
0: Yeah, and that's done um, at a very uh, basic level as a family of God we all here together today, um, as we're followers of Christ, are considering ourselves as a family of God. We call each other brothers and sisters. And and so as a family of God, how do we serve the Lord together? How do we seek him? And I love the role that God has called you into to help connect that. And and a lot of that works kind of behind the scenes in a sense of, of with the different leaders, with the youth director, the kids director, with the men's director, women's director, and me as the pastor and all the different ways in which we're working to throw events and, and, and opportunities to, uh, really not events, opportunities to connect is a better way of thinking about it, um, that the family is kind of in the background saying, how does this serve our families? How does our families uh, have an opportunity in this to come together to serve the Lord? And and so just I love the the, the the intentionality in that. And that's really what we felt like the Lord was was giving us. We just had this un, this this burden uh, of of seeing the the different categories, and not only within the different ministries, but even within the, our families themselves, we have fellowships, and at times we have um, just a family setting over here by themselves, and we have a family setting here by themselves, and a family by themselves. And my desire is to see that God would bring our families together in a special way where they're serving together and giving glory to God together, and, and that God would just do something amazing and miraculous in that. So, um, And when a new family comes in these doors, that it's not just an awkward, like, um, this is one big family, and I can tell this is a family, but is there room for me? No, that we're the first ones as a whole group to come in and say, no, grab a chair, come on in, or... or Send in a pew, come on in, or, yeah. or whatever it is that we're doing, just to drag them along with us and to, to walk life together.
3: Yeah, and they won't get those awkward small town stares like, yeah. who is that person that just
0: walked in? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny uh, when you have visitors coming and, and um, they're, they're guests, and, and after they leave, it's always like, okay, I think they're related to so-and-so who's related to so-and-so. <laughs> We've got to find all these connections together. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the beauty is, is that there's someone that God has um, called to this place to worship together with us that day and for us to love, serve, and to encourage and strengthen and uh, to give God glory through and with. So.
2: And I'm
3: so excited to see like, as God strengthens the individual families in our church, He's going to strengthen our church because yeah, like, we are the church. That's and right. so that really excites me.
0: Yes. And so you might wonder why I'm here. Why didn't I just let Jacqueline come and say a few words? And uh, that's a good question. I could have, like, like she was saying, this is something for all people of all seasons and all stages of life. If this was just something for the younger families, I could have just simply said, hey, on Saturday, we're having a conference, and Jacqueline's going to speak to the younger families, but I didn't think that's what this was. I felt like God is calling this to be something bigger than that, something greater than that, something that um, brings in our entire church family, mm-hmm. and so that's why we wanted to do that this on a Sunday morning, right here before you, saying, hey, here we are. We believe this is God's vision for us, and uh here we are together ready to to just run toward him and and doing it. And so it's something that that all of us are involved in. And so um, that's why I'm here. I want to walk through this uh, too and and show you just how much I believe uh, in my own heart, this is something that God is calling us as a church to, not just Jacqueline to, to be involved in this. No, this is a ministry that he's bringing us all into that he's going to use her in a special way. Yes, but he's calling us all into this ministry. So, um, let me ask this question with with all the different noise and all the different um, kind of inlets that we have in the world today. Say uh, uh, someone is, is listening, whether in person or, or online, uh, with all the o- other places they could listen in, why should they kind of tune in and listen to us right now? Well, first off, I think
3: that it's biblical. It's biblical for us to... Um... Look into and find scripture yeah. for um, how we should live. Yeah. And I feel like with the the tools that we would love to offer um, the fam- the individual families in our church and the church family as a whole, I think it's very intentional and it's very um, not intimidating. Yeah. I feel like for parents, it um it, for parents with small kids, that video could have been intimidating. Don't you think? Sure. With them saying, You are the primary discipler. And I think if I was a parent, well, I mean we we will be soon, foster parents. It's just kind of this uh well where do I start? How do I disciple? And I just feel like a lot of the tools with family ministry that we're really excited to share with you, they're they're so intentional and it's just like a step-by-step, step. and it's not like you just have to come up with all of this by yourself, because we can't do it alone.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly right. It's a partnership. Yeah. Like, this is this is not something that you do on your own, and it's not just us yelling and saying, this is your responsibility. Now, get up and go and do it, and uh, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. No, yeah. we're saying, we're doing it wrong, too. <laughs> like, like, we went about this wrong we think yeah, in a lot well, of ways So let's do this together let's come together in a partnership as the church partners with the homes and again even in a way that that even sounds silly because we we keep separating them the 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 homes the people are the ones that make up the church the ones that are following christ that is the church and so how do we partner together with one another. And, and that's really what we want to look at um, this morning is, is how that actually works here at Friendship Baptist Church. How do we partner with you as a parent or as a grandparent or as a widow or someone that's struggling in their finances or someone that has an aging parent that they're struggling through that? I mean, literally all these different um, seasons of life we go through. Uh, how How is it that we walk together And so we want to just kind of walk through that with you. We really broke it down into four different ways. And the first way is relationally and um, through relationships. If we're going to partner with you, then it has to be done through a relationship. And I hope um, that's been made clear already. And I want to make it even more clear that what we're doing, this family ministry, is not a program. It is not just something we're adding to the program list and saying, here's another thing that we're just throwing at you. No, this is something that is interweaving absolutely everything we do. And it's a ministry in which we we see affect every aspect of our walk as a church as a walk at home. It's it's really the way that we're seeing this play out. And so that has to be done through relationships. It has to be done through getting to know one another, being intentional. It can't be done just in rows. It can't be done just coming in and setting in a pew in a row and then leaving and not having any intentional conversations with one another. That's not going to work that way. And so we're we're calling each other out of that and to say that's us build relationships with one another. Let's not come in and put a facade on. Let's not put this fake face on in which we've come and, and shown people that uh, um, we're here to worship because that's what we're supposed to do. No, let's come in the brokenness that we're in and say, hey, I am broken and I I, I need you and when you see someone broken, you go to them and say, hey, I see your brokenness. I'm here for you. I want to encourage you. I want to lift you up. In fact, that's the whole gospel message. We use that as a as a, a, a catapult to share the gospel. We, we say, look in your brokenness. That's where God has called us out of. That's that's the very place that that we're in in which God says, hey, it's there that I want to meet you. And I want to uh, show you my sacrifice, my, my son Jesus, and, he's, and he suffices this. And, and he brings you into this of, of bringing, being brought back into this design that I have for you. And so don't be ashamed of your brokenness. Come and, and see that, that it's, it's God gets glory in that because he gets to restore it and bring in the broken pieces and, and starts to, to make something beautiful and, and worthy of it. So I just say that when we look at this, doing it relationally, it has to be done through relationships. If we're gonna to partner together. And that, that has a couple different layers to it. One layer's this idea of um, just, keeping in mind the safety of one another. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of that's like if we're here or at at, um, anywhere else, at home or whatever it is that we're at, we're keeping in mind the the safety and just making sure that we're keeping the kids safe, we're keeping one another safe. And uh, in fact, when you came in in your bulletin, you actually got uh, one of these little pamphlet deals and it says, Vision for Friendship Families. And in that, it actually is this um, very wordy, uh, (laughs) I'm not going to lie, it's wordy, but it's, it's a very wordy vision that we feel like God has given us. And, and there's a reason it's so wordy. is because we felt like there was a lot that God laid on our hearts that we wanted to communicate. And not everybody's going to be here today. Not everybody's going to be listening. So we wanted to be able to put something in your hand when you came to say, hey, this is the vision God has given our church. And so um, you, you can go through that and read through it. And it'll break down a lot of what we're talking about even further. But we wanted to just really address this on a personal relational level here. Um, And so the safety is one of them. Being honest with one another is one of them. Like I said, the idea of vulnerability and confidentiality, making sure that we're not gossiping about one another. When we see someone broken, we're there to help restore and redeem through the the blood of Christ and not uh, for any other reason. And so there's that first aspect, relationally. You want to talk about the second way we partner? Yeah, the
3: second way we partner is specifically. And so um, we have several... Different age groups. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, broke down by ages. Uh huh.
3: Yeah, we have several like Sunday school classes that are broken down into age groups, but we also see. Let me back up. We have age-based groups Mm -hmm. where people can, kids and adults can learn about the Bible and learn about the gospel that is appropriate for their age, where they can take something home with them. Um, We also, we have this really cool thing where for the younger families, where the kids and the parents are going through the same curriculum for Sunday School Gospel Project, to hopefully um, just, be intentional with those gospel conversations that you can have at home. Every kid, um, every every week, they have a question and answer. They call them the big question and answer, and then they go home with that. And if that parent like talks to the kids about that question and answer, just like how it's going to stick in your brain, you yeah. know.
0: I love that because then again, it promotes this idea of you you're not just sending your child to a classroom to, to learn and become a disciple and then uh, they come home with you and you just say, "House church is good and then that'd be it. No, it's so much more intentional and you build off of one another because we're partnering together and so we're sharing the gospel story, the gospel message in their class, whether they're um, um, two years old to... Uh, 15, 16, so uh, mm-hmm. whether they're a young adult or even a, you, if you're an adult or a grandparent, um, you can hear the same message together, and then when you're at home, and you, if it's your grandchild or if it's your son or daughter, you can sit there, or, or nephew or niece, I mean, it, the, the possibilities are endless, yeah. and you can say, hey, so I know in Sunday school we talked about this, I know it was your lesson too, what, what did you think about it? And you can dig deeper, and then again, you're partnering And not just expecting um, someone else to disciple the ones you love the most.
3: Yeah. And it's just like reiterated. And for kids, like repetition is the best thing ever. Yeah. And so another way, another way that we were thinking is we would love to offer opportunities for families to worship together. Mm -hmm. But we also know that that's really hard with young, young kids. And so in the brochure that Jerry, can you hold that up again? Yeah
0: from the very first kind of that
3: was in the in, page. It was in the, your bulletin this morning. So it kind of shows what we are kind of, the process we are going through because, to get kids in what, what we call big church when I was growing up. To get kids in the worship sanctuary. Because our goal, our mindset is for kids to grow up not thinking this is where adults come to worship God. But this is where I come to worship God. And so I want them, we want them as a church, for them to, we of course know when they're babies and when they're toddlers, they're just so young and they've always got to be moving and it's really hard to keep them entertained in the sanctuary. But once they move over into that free-through kindergarten, we would love to start to start in small ways getting them adjusted. And so we started to where they, they come in here for the beginning of worship service. Then they have a little kid's church at the altar with Brother Jerry. And then they go back. Which is one of my favorite parts of every single <laughs> And so then they do that through kindergarten. And then at first grade, they actually come in the worship service for the entire service. Yeah. But we want to make it a big deal. We want... We don't want this just to be like, "Oh, I can't go to kids' church anymore." We want to celebrate this, like this is a milestone. You get to worship with your family, and this is exciting. Yes. And so, with that said, are when the kids come into the sanctuary, they will get they will get a Bible. Yeah.
0: In fact, it's something we actually are, are partnering again with you from the very time that you. Um, have a, a child come into your home, and so from the time of birth, this is a way that we're partnering with you. And so I love the fact that you're talking about this transition of ages, and um, to realize that that we do learn differently, and uh, we we do have um, different energy that has to be let out. <laughs> and uh, so uh, sometimes a, a kid needs to be able to run every so often and things. And so we have a lot of teachers in here, and so I know they understand. Yeah. Um, but but to see that that. Gospel being presented and proclaimed to them at those age appropriate ages just blesses my heart to know that that um, there's people in our church that love them enough to, to share that with them. But not only them, but then the parents build off of that. And so the way we partner with them, like you're saying with the Bibles, is when you're you have a child that comes in your home and, and you um, have a baby, then soon we want to do the parent dedication. And uh, these are milestones we're going to talk about with the faith path later on, but. Um, just simply uh, sharing with you the steps of the Bibles and the way we partner that way is we give you this first Bible to have with them and, and it's one they can have and it's it's uh, colorful and pictures yeah. and all the things they and can chew on it. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's like a Bible that they would go and pick up off the bookshelf and yeah. be like, hey, let's read.
0: I think it's even like padded where it's even nice on their teeth. <laughs> You're all about
3: to chew on It's, all the, like the, it's the bread of life.
0: <laughs> um, no, that's Jesus, not the <laughs> And so they have their own Bible, but then when they turn three years old, then we give them another Bible as they transfer. And this goes along with our Sunday school classes too, our age-appropriate classes. They go from the toddler class onto the, the three-year-old class and they get their own Bible and it goes along with our Sunday school gospel project lessons that they're going through. Same pictures and same, um, there's even apps that brings the pages alive. It's really phenomenal. And so I love the way that um, God's given us to, to partner with you in this. And so you ta- they take it home. They don't just have it at church and uh, they, they bring it back and forth with them. They get used to that. And then when they turn first grade, that's when she was talking about, Jacqueline's talking about them coming into the sanctuary And that's when we partner with giving them their first full-size, word-for-word Bible. And it's uh, from Genesis to Revelation. And I know that's first grade. It's like, whoa, that's crazy. But it's still got um, little things in their pictures and and things to to draw them in. It's it's age-appropriate. But when I'm preaching, they can go to any part that I'm preaching and find it in their Bible since they're in here with us. And you get to help them do that. So it's very exciting. I love the fact of doing that. You want to talk a little bit about how... um, we want to even make it a bigger deal the very first time they come in here
3: we yes we want to make this a huge celebration we want every i know that you guys are probably um aware of like parent dedications we want to make them like family celebrations not just when they're babies and they get our first bible and then again when they're three but we want to make it they are constantly getting a Bible that is age appropriate for them as they grow, and so then when they become this adult and we're launching them into adulthood, that they're ready for it. We don't—they they know how to study God's word yeah. through that Bible because they've been preparing for this since they were young. Yeah. But we would love to do a family celebration once a year, and so with that, we want to make it a big family thing. Where the church obviously is providing the Bibles, but we don't want it to be from the church. We want it to be from the parents. We want, we want to have a celebration, like a, a special ceremony where, where the parents write a sweet little note to their kid. And, and they can just have a moment of sharing that note, not in front of the whole church, but sharing that note with their kid probably to where it's like a sweet special moment for y'all.
0: And then the parents also get to pray over their child yeah. as they give the Bible to their child. Um, and multiple families doing it at the same time, and, and for them to be able to pray. And then as a church, we get to extend a hand out too and pray for these families that are praying over their families. It's just very exciting. And, uh, and so that happens, just like she said, at every one of these stages. And I didn't finish it off. There's also, um, um, when they get into the youth group, we give them a Bible that's focused on teen issues and deals with some of the hard things that teens are dealing with today. Um, sex and drugs and all the different things that uh, we have a hard time talking about. It has articles in there about it, and so it was very um, helpful there. And then when they graduate, we still give them a a really nice Bible that hopefully they'll have forever that's uh, a study Bible. And so that's just one one of the many ways that we're so excited about partnering with you and and celebrating with you. And so that was with this idea of specifically, and just to recap a little bit here is is we want to specifically uh, meet your family and your family's needs, your family's um, things that you're, you're rejoicing over, things you're, you're uh, weeping over. We want to be there with your family in those things. And so... Uh, how does this partnership work, or it works specifically? If you have kids, we're gonna work with you with those things. If you um, don't have kids, then we wanna walk with you with with um, things that you might be struggling with without kids. Maybe you're empty nesting, and we wanna walk through with that. Or if you um, have a marriage that's struggling, we wanna walk through your marriage and, and walk with you through your marriage. And, and, and if you have, um, addiction, sexual identity uh, struggles, all these different things. We want to walk through those things with you and say we're here to do this together. We're partnering together. So specifically it's not a blanket program of which we just say, um, here's the answer. No, it's, it's relationships that are focused specifically on following Christ together. And, so, and
3: not because we have all the answers
2: right.
0: but we know the one who does mm-hmm. and we can help seek him with you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And so relationally, specifically, and this next one's probably one of the most exciting ones, um, at least most practical ways, is is by equipping. And so not only are we meeting you relationally, but specifically, but also in an equipping way. And so we have so many different tools that we're trying to implement, and we're trying not to overwhelm you. Please don't be overwhelmed. Simply know that this is just a quick 10,000 mile-high view of, of what family ministry looks like and how we're excited about some of the things and maybe some, some little thing uh, sticks out, come find Jacqueline later on and talk to her about it. I'm not trying to overwhelm you, but I want you to just catch a glimpse of what God's up to. And so with that being said, equipping. And one of the biggest tools that we're talking about is is what we call the faith at home. And, and you've seen it for the last several weeks now. We try to do this big coming soon thing and, and open it up whenever we came back and then things happen.
2: But, yeah,
3: having have people peek through the sheets. They're yeah. like, we know what it
0: looks like. Yeah. I looked back there. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Um, but you've seen it the last couple weeks. You've kind of caught a glimpse of it, and that's good. It may become a little familiar with it, but that right there is kind of the hub of family ministry, the center of family ministry, one of the biggest tools of equipping you for family ministry. And so I want to just kind of walk through um, the different tools on that for a second, if that's okay. And so um, the the first, first off, what you'll see as you came in on the back, there's actually um, these appraisals. And as you got this appraisal, I want y'all to fill it out and turn it back in. Please turn it back in. Um, I know it says uh, family goals and things like that. I, I want to know that we want to get those, first off. pray over them, but this also gives us an idea of what God's doing and how he's working in our church. And so if you're struggling with praying and connecting with your family, then we're going to be praying about that and asking the Lord to give us direction on how we can see our families better connect and better pray together. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a, another tool of helping us see where y'all are and how God's working so that we can do that in every couple weeks. Um, maybe once or twice a year we're going to have these campaigns yeah. and as you came in you got these little overview packs you'll see something similar similar to that and it's a pack for every family and it's just a creative way of, of being intentional about a specific event. There's things for grandparents, things for um, connecting for you is one of them of uh, uh, getting a, a disconnected from electronic devices at certain times during the day so you yeah. can connect with your family. Just all these cool different ways of connecting. So. That's one of those tools that they're appraisals It's actually on the back wall all the time. You can get one from there, yeah. and we want to do that regularly. And so that's a one, one area. If you look at the wall, there's really three different areas on it. And so on the left side, if you're looking at it, on the left side is what we call pointers, and they look like this. And so they're called um, pointers, and, and I've just grabbed a couple of them. There's one called Caring for an Aging Love. Uh, there's one called addiction issues. There's one called building a strong marriage. Single parent, and uh, there's, there's all kinds of them. I mean, there's over 30 of them that we have back there. And these are all what we call pointers, in which if you're struggling in a certain area of your life, whether that's point certain in point in your life, whether that's your marriage, your um, parenting, whether that's um, uh, your parents or financially, or again, all these different ways we all struggle. We understand that we struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whatever way that is, we have these little pointers that point you to Christ in, in very practical ways. You open them up, and there's just um, certain things that get your mind working on, on how we can um, seek Christ in this area. But what I really love about it is, is after we kind of walk through that, and they're all very unique to this, and we've walked through all of them, wrote a lot of them, and, and uh, the next section says going deeper. And that going deeper has extra resources if you want something more than just a quick little read, it recommends books that we have read and we've looked through and recommend to you uh, dealing with that specific issue and so very exciting you can read these books and and, um, just seek the Lord in that and and be uh, uh, just uh, see all kinds of uh, benefits that the Lord gives us as as you read through that and also we have I'm telling you there's all kinds of stuff going on we have a faith at home library that we're working on and so if you go into the office area there on the wall there's a Uh, a bookshelf that actually came from the O church is pretty cool. And so it came from the O church. We re did it and and we're using it as a faith at home library. And so any of those going deeper books, that's the only books that are going to be on that shelf. And the purpose of that is so that when someone sees that, they say, oh, I really want to go deeper. um, They don't have to wait on the book. They can go get it right now. And of course, this is going to take a little bit to build. We're we're hoping that some of y'all will buy some of those going deeper books and then donate them and put them there. And that way, um, we'll, we'll have, eventually have them all and people can just kind of go on our own. So, uh, looking forward to that. So my goodness, that's the pointers. That's part of the pointers. The last part of the pointers is then friendship ministries and the, the way that we go deeper as, as a church. And so if you're dealing with any of these specific pointers, how can we as a church, um, kind of walk with you through that? And so whether that's a small group, a Bible study, a a counseling or, or literally whatever it may be it's ways we can specifically walk in. and again all that's customly for you in that uh, point in your life to connect you yeah. to cool. our church
3: so there's the pointers you want to share a little bit about Faith Path yes so Faith Path I'm really excited about Faith Path it is basically a path
0: <laughs> and it's on the right side if you look at the yeah,
3: wall. Yes, if you look at the wall here, there's a, a black shelf, and it's, that's the fake path. Mm-hmm. It actually has a picture that shows the path. And so there's like, I want to say like nine of them, and it's literally just, can I have that? Mm-hmm. It's an envelope, and so this one's actually the overview, but the first one would be overview, and then you would get one at parent dedication, and then blessing. And they're they're just like every one to two years you'll come and you'll get these, and what they do is there's like a, a DVD in here, a letter from from Jerry, brother Jerry, and there's like different ways for you to be intentional with your kids, with your yeah, with your kids. This is kid focused. Um, for that faith foundation that they're wanting to set. And so overview is just letting you know like what is about faith at home. We actually are handing these out today so you can all take them home yeah. and kind of yeah. get an idea of what this faith path is about. Yeah, one for family.
0: Everybody grab one of it. Make sure your family has um, this envelope. And uh, absolutely. So pointers are more kind of all over the place. Whatever kind of point season you're in life, the faith path is very specific to children. Um, from birth to 18 years old and so um, exactly right and so as you look at that um, you might say well my child's already um, nine or ten I've already missed half of them it's not like you can't go back and and look at them it's not just for that age it's just these are recommendations to really be focused and intentional and strategic and seeking the Lord on on how to um, proclaim the gospel really in different ways throughout the years and uh, that happens through showing prayer, through worship, through the Bible is actually one of them. And so all these different ways in which um, that happens. And so I really hope you would check that out if you have a child in your home especially. Um, make sure you get the one that's appropriate to their age and even get the overview and kind of walk through that too. And talk to Jacqueline. She's going to try to hang around every Sunday. That's kind of her, her role now is, is to help families connect and see that. And so she's going to try to be around the Faith at Home wall and you can ask those questions to her. And the Faith pets kind of... Um, Um, It's really deep, and so I recommend going home, opening up that overview pack. Uh, There's these things we call recipe cards in there, and if you have children, it's these little games you can play with them to kind of get them excited about what, what this whole faith path is, and then there's a DVD, like she was saying, that actually has a recording of me, on there that where I'm addressing some things, and then also some other pastors, even other parents, and that's with every envelope. And so, very excited about that. The last part of Faith at Home Wall is the idea cards, and they're just these little things that says idea cards. And there's one for marriages, and then there's two for parenting—one with younger kids and one with older kids. And they're just intentional things, and kind of like date nights or or family nights, things you can do as a family or, or as husband and wife. And so. Oh. Those,
3: will, those will change ever so often yeah
0: yeah. in fact like we said this is something we don't want to just put up and say oh this is really exciting catch a lot of um, traffic and then over a couple months it just kind of uh, fades out we don't want that to happen in fact we're looking at always changing it a little bit as far as the idea cards go and different things. And then these campaigns that we do um, once or twice a year always pushes us back to this place. And so it's something that we're trying to use um, effectively as a tool to continually keep in mind that we are doing this together, partnering together as a family, and we want to equip you in that. Mm -hmm. And so all that said, those are just some quick things. Of course, um, Jacqueline has got a background in uh, social work. And uh, she's got her uh, bachelor's degree in social work. She spent a lot of time and even um, CPS and has that history of walking through. She spent time uh, as a, working in an um, adoption agency. And so um, it's kind of interesting how God has provided to uh, some of those experiences. Um, we're not professional counselors, but we love to sit down and walk through um, situations in your life and just try more than anything just to show you what God's word says and, 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 and walk through that together. So we're always willing to do that too. And so, that's some of the big tools there. That faith at home. You got this idea of um, counseling with us. Uh, there's what else? Well,
3: today is actually a special day. I know it's family ministry launch, but it's also a fifth Sunday. That's right. And so, from here on out, on fifth Sundays, we are going to have family Sundays, and hopefully, one day. When COVID is a long walk over, it'll be the family Sundays that we truly are dreaming
2: about in our head.
3: <laughs> but we are wanting to have family Sundays where all the kids are in here. There will still be classes for toddlers and nursery uh, during the actual worship service. But it is going to be extremely kid-friendly. Right. Like almost kind of like vacation Bible school friendly, right. would you say that?
0: Yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. We won't uh, go all extravagant on decorations, probably. Yeah, but, probably not. But the kids are going to have and a they'll blast. Be It'll be a different, <laughs> unique setting. It won't be just a regular sermon. It'll be um, very intentional for all ages. And then game day after, volleyball, playground, yeah. basketball, and all that kind fun of stuff.
3: We have, a, we have a playground that we put up yeah, this time. That's another
0: tool. It's not just a... <laughs> Uh, property it is a tool used yes. for, for joy and for connecting families and
3: bring your family. Yes. It is open to you. Yes. We want we want this uh this whole property to be used by your family. Mm-hmm. Me and Jerry we get up every morning and walk. Yeah. And we are looking forward to the day where we have kids, foster kids, and we can walk and then go play on the playground. Yeah. I mean, use this as a tool for you yeah. to get out of your house. <laughs> I'm also
0: looking forward to when that walking pays off.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but I think that's very good point. Everything is to be used intentionally as we partner together. So let's just recap those first three. Relationally, specifically, equipping. Um, another thing with equipping is, is we talked a lot about families and parents, as far as that goes, but also marriages. Um, family ministry has a lot to do with the marriages as well. It's hard to have a healthy home without a healthy marriage. And um, uh, marriages are so important, and they're so difficult at times. Um, and we're trying to walk through and prepare for this, and, and even in our own marriages, we're talking about family ministry, we struggle with patience, and we struggle yeah. with, with walking through um, together, serving together, and, and uh, that's just uh, the way it is on this side of heaven, I guess. That we're going to struggle. But to be able to do that and overcome it and seek the Lord and, and, and lean into the Holy Spirit and, and see His uh, benefit and His reward from that is just amazing. amazing. So with that said, though, we want to invest in the marriages of one another, too. We want to have events like marriage conferences and things like that, um, uh, uh, what we're looking to and seeing just different ways we can invest, even having marriage mentors. Um, We we do marriage counseling. We already have done it several times with several of y'all, and um, it's always a great joy of ours to do that. But also, we're wanting to kind of start something in where we train couples to to uh, be mentors, marriage mentors, Mm -hmm. and uh, you go through a little training. It's like I think six weeks or something like that, Mm -hmm. and uh, it helps kind of walk through some things. It might be twelve weeks, but there's this idea of just intentionally walking through, and then you get a certificate at the end and helps you. And once you do that, then I start partnering you with some of those marriages that, that are wanting advice. And that's another thing is you don't have to wait till your marriage is falling apart to have counseling it's, or, or, or even investing in to um, listen to some wisdom from someone else. I think it's so important to realize that we are to walk together in a partnership relationally, specifically equipping. And that happens um, all the time. We we learn just as much as we go through the marriage councils. <laughs> counseling as the other couple does I'd say yeah. every time and uh, and so it's always important to, to invest and to be invested in and so that's discipleship lastly here serving and uh, that's just the response of all this um, as we partner together we we're looking forward to serving together and that goes into that mentorship too not only is your family being served but you're serving the Lord together as a family and you're serving other families and so yeah. All this is really exciting we know there's probably a lot of questions you have and so we look forward to answering those questions you can ask us anytime um, I hope that you've been blessed by this I'm just going to simply uh, uh, pray us out and, and just ask the Lord to to bless this whole journey this whole adventure so Father God Lord we love you so much Lord and God we're so grateful for the movement that you're having right here in our own hearts Lord God, to hear um your vision, your your mission here, as far as what this looks like for our church and what you're wanting to do with our families, Lord, of all seasons, of all ages, God, and Lord, I just pray that as we've walked through this a little bit, Lord, um, that you would help it uh, uh, sink into hearts, Lord, to say, um, this this is something I I know that you're calling me to, Lord, uh, you're calling me to this place of of partnering together as a church and and to be intentional with my family, Lord. And so I pray that 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 response would be um, all across this room, Lord, that there'd be those in here that that leave this place saying, I um, need to do this with someone else. I can't do it alone anymore. And may we partner together for your glory alone, God. May we rejoice with one another. May we weep with one another. But more than anything, may you be glorified, God, Lord, thank you for Jacqueline and the way she's fulfilling this role as family ministry coordinator. I pray for her as she helps our church um, in this transition of connecting families and working with families. Lord, help us um, do this together, Lord. We love you. And it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. One last thing before I close here. Um, Tonight, if you're wanting something to do, we have a movie that we're suggesting you watch tonight. And it's called like arrows and we didn't even talk about this verse too much but children are a gift from the lord like arrows in the hand of a warrior and it's psalms 127 3 and 4 And i just um would would uh, encourage you as a family to go and watch this movie it's on netflix for free or you can rent it on amazon prime it's called like arrows l-i-k-e and the arrows like arrows and it just um encapsulates a lot of what we've been talking about and seeing uh the impact this has on a specific family. I know it would be encouraging and rewarding for you. So go home, watch that. We love you. Have a very blessed rest of your day and we'll see you soon.